Welcome to Brand Story Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Joining us today on Brand Story Inc. is Zach Reynolds, an Australian who lives and breathes sports betting and horse racing. Growing up in a small coastal surf town in old Australia to the bright lights on New York, innovating and creating content in an industry that I love is pretty surreal. That's a direct quote from from Zach. Over the past 15 years, Zach has been an integral part of the Australian wagering landscape, providing monetizable content strategies and establishing full-service in-house creative agencies for three major operators in one of the biggest regulated mature betting markets. His innovation and vision in this space has generated millions of incremental betting turnover and high levels of customer acquisition and engagement. I thought Zach, I've gotten to know, is a really great uh, in-the-weeds guy in terms of what's going on uh, content-wise at sports gambling and perfect for our Future of Sports content series. Uh, Also has just the high-level strategy to know what's going on and it will add a lot of value to the audience. So, Zach, welcome to the show. Hi, Jay. Thanks for having me. Very excited. We got the dog barking in the background to just remind us that we're still in the tail end of coming out of COVID and uh, you know doing <laughs> yeah. podcasts from home. Just you know, <laughs> as we're on early March recording this. But uh, so tell us, as the founder and CEO of BOC Agency, tell us about the formation of it, your journey. Love the quote from Down Under uh, to building a company here in the states. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, uh, it's you know, as I said, it's a bit of a surreal experience. Um, being here and and working, it will be the biggest. Uh, sports betting industry in the world uh if it's not it's sort of emerging already as the the, the biggest but yeah we uh got an awesome bunch of guys a real um loyal loyal team from australia um we sort of started you know we've got we've been starting um sports betting we've been in the industry for sort of 20 plus years individually so we sort of coming to the US, um, bring a, you know, a, an experience base of sort of 60 plus years, um, all sort of starting very similar paths. You know, we were, grew, I grew up horse racing, hmm. uh, horse racing's massive in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, just part of the culture, uh, very different to the US where in Australia, you know, you grow up and you, a lot of people are watching horse racing. You go to the pubs when you're seven, when you're 18. Uh, you can drink when you're 18 mm-hmm. in Australia, which is an advantage. But um, <laughs> you know, you everyone on a on a Saturday is is betting on horses, uh, whether it's an 18 year old wow. or a 55 year old. Um, so it's very part of the culture. So growing up there, um, and but just absolute lover of sports. You know, I've, mm-hmm. you know, played a lot of sport, but now I'm. Um, father or two i just watch a lot of sports so um and then yeah just getting into the industry that way and you know sports betting's been around for 20 online sports betting legal online sports betting has been around for sort of 20 years now in australia so um you know growing it growing and working in that industry has been an unbelievable experience a lot of perks as you can imagine yep. watching a lot of live sport and and now bringing that experience, you know, with with my uh, with a bunch of um, the the BOC guys and bringing that experience to the states is is awesome. Well, you worked at the operators from your past, so talk. I want to follow up there and talk specifically about BOC. What was the impetus for moving to the states? When did you do it? Why? Uh, and what did you find when you when you when you set up shop in Louisville? Yeah, so we um, 
so we were i was working in the uh in the australian industry working for you know worked for sporting bet and william hill um uh worked at sky racing when i was sort of a, a junior and then um when i was working at tab i knew that the sports betting industry was going to open up uh in the states and i knew that it would be you know the biggest you know an absolute huge opportunity i was pretty comfortable in australia working for the tab is the is the market mm-hmm. or was the market leader in australia tab T-A-B, um, but i right? thought tab T-A- horse racing and you know they do sports betting as well but I thought, you know, if I don't have a crack in 2000 and not early 2019, I'll always regret, um, you know, I'm one that is a gambler, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> not just by my betting, but also sort of in life. So I went home and said to my wife, we, we had two young kids. I think I said, well, I'm a, I think I might resign and I, I'm going to have a, I'm going to head over to a conference and have a crack at um, setting up something in the States for sports betting. She thought I was mad, but I ended up going over. <laughs> Going over and um, met a few people at, at the Jersey Conference in 2019, and um, met the guys at Churchill Downs. They were, you know, really enthused that you know I could bring a bunch of really experienced Australians over that had worked in the industry and come to come to Kentucky and and work with them. So um, it all seemed to pan out, and we got over there in 2019, and. Um, I think I worked maybe first four months without the guys and without my family, just chipping mm. away in, in Kentucky. I remember spending my 40th birthday in, in Kentucky, just solo, just <laughs> um, grinding. Drinking bourbon. <laughs> um, drinking bourbon. And then, um, but things have worked out, you know, we've been the marketing agency for, for Twin Spies, which is their betting brand for the last uh, nearly three years now. Um, we've done a couple of Kentucky derbies. Um, gone through COVID in Kentucky um, and and started to build the team from there. And now we're just sort of, you know, going from strength to strength. We managed to establish a, a, a new creative and marketing agency in in the states. And um, yeah, I was just I was just telling you before we're, you know, we're looking to you know double our size agency. We're moving an office down to Tampa um, and merging locations, especially for for a younger demographic, which is sort of what we're looking for in, in, in resource. So we're heading down to Tampa and um, we've got an office um, in New York. We've got a base in California. We'll still have Kentucky and obviously we've got Tampa now. So um, looking to sort of hit all the parts of the US. And the other reason why Tampa and, and New York are so important is we're starting to build a client base in Europe as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll need to be sort of, um, you know, ensuring we can get over there on a regular basis. So pretty exciting. We're, you know, we're starting to, you know, we've sort of just been running it as a, um, you know, a lot of our Australians who are a lot of creative and marketing guys. Now we're going to start to bring some more, you know, agency style operations and sales uh, mm-hmm. into the business, which is which is really exciting. Well, you know, Zach, I want to dig into the nitty gritty there for a second because uh, when you and I first met and we compared notes, um, we were introduced uh, by Creative Artist Agency, and you know, said you guys should meet, and we started talking, and you know, I think you and I both came to the same conclusion that I think in our respective businesses, while we think we're 
pretty good at what we do um, in creating large volumes of content across platform, you don't find many people that are doing it. And you and I both get told all the time by people in the marketplace, wow, you do that and that and that. And it was just so fascinating when we compared notes. Um, and I think obviously the difference is that your level of specificity in the subject matter of gambling, right? Where things like there's brand awareness, there's conversion, you know, ultimately, you know, many people are trying to get very measurable actions taken through the content that you're creating. And so I wanted, I thought it'd be helpful for our audience to get a little bit into the nitty gritty because these are folks like us that either run their own brand content studio or run their own agencies. Talk about Twin Spires as a, as a case study and give folks an example of the types of content that you do, um, you know, how you, your, your philosophy on it, but like go a little micro here on your Twin Spires content to give folks an idea of the scale and scope of what you do. Yeah, so we, you know, it's all about, um, in Australia, it, it was the most, you know, in the last 10 years, we went through this huge, uh, in sports betting, went through this um, huge competitive space. You know, there was, it was sort of what the U.S. is going to go through in the next five years, where there's a lot of operators, there's a lot of same offers in market, there's a lot of the, all of the, the their platforms are same, the their odds are the same. You know, there's a lot of same. So it was very competitive. So you know, there's not a there wouldn't be a marketing department in any any vertical mm-hmm. that was needed to know more about how can we engage, how can we you know drive signups than the sports betting industry in Australia. So we, I learned a lot, you know, the last 10 years of just being cutthroat, you know, thinking outside the square and what we try to do, bringing some of that experience to the U S and to two inspires it's video, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's purpose driven video. Um, we don't, we never at BIC do a piece of content that hasn't got, Ooh, I lost so, you there. You, you went dark for a second. You, you'd never do a piece of content that doesn't have video. Is that what you were saying? We never do a piece of content, mm-hmm. uh, a video piece of content that doesn't have a purpose. So, okay. you know, we we always say it's video that drives an action. Mm-hmm. You know, so really the four buckets of 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 really key in sports betting is, you know, your acquisition. So it's driving a sign up. So mm-hmm. it could be short form video. It's always got a call to action. So there's specifics around driving a sign up when it mm-hmm. comes to video. Second one would be retention. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of high volume um, content. We've got a, a product in market at the moment called in-platform videos. So it's videos um, videos that are about wagering or about an mm-hmm. event or about a sporting event that is at the point of consumption. So when you're about to put a bet on, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really been a key and something we've we've it's been a huge success for Churchill Downs and Twin Spies. Like we do about 1,200 um, in-platform videos for Twin Spies a month. So mm-hmm. it's really short, sharp, high volume um, videos that that basically drive turnover, mm-hmm. uh, increase turnover considerably. Um, third piece of content or purpose driven content would be, you know, the engagement. So haven't seen it a lot here in the, in the U S market, but it's coming is that more original content, more branded content. It's not all about just selling a If it, the, uh, you know, the key to a long-term, you know, marketing success in this industry is going to be, how can we 
-hmm. engage the audience and tell Mm -hmm. stories and then retarget them um, to sell our products. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a real key. And the fourth one is education. Like there's, around you know educating the 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 mainstream audience around Mm -hmm. horse horse racing betting you know there's not enough education when it comes to using influences um and animation to you know whether it's how to bet bet types or just in general like you know gamble responsibly campaign so um you know all of that's really important the next few years yes it's it's fascinating um it Twelve hundred. I want to. I want to circle back because I think, you know, people are going to hear you know, uh, twelve hundred pieces of video content. I think this is the part that you and I talk about, and they, people can't get their head around that. That's for one client in a month in platform video. Can give give some context. What type of video are you are you chopping up? Are you doing one thing and chopping it up? Like get, get into the nitty gritty. What does that look like? Yeah. So they um they're specific for the point of consumption, and you're going to see uh, you know they'll there's going to be a lot more of this content in the coming years, especially with live, you know, in play betting is, is really, you know, important. Um, and you know, that second screen experience is, is obviously blowing up across all verticals, but in platform videos are short 30 second videos done by ex athletes around the sport, or it could be a racing mm-hmm. handicapper mm-hmm. or a media entity. And it is videos that when you're about to put your bet on, it's on the market page and you can get, uh, instead of seeing a little synopsis or a little paragraph, a written paragraph on who maybe is going to win, it's a video. We know video engages three times more than editorial. So we built the platform, a CMS platform mm-hmm. that hosts that hosts thousands of videos at one time. Um, and it's just sort of a plug and play into the operator's platform. And um, it really changes behavior, betting behavior. You know, all of a sudden bet stake uh, goes up when people start watching these videos of their recognizable talent that they're they're like oh you know we know that we know that ex-player you know what's he got to say all of a sudden they're betting twice as much and their bet frequency goes up as well so really it's really encouraging that we've done this in australia now we're um, implementing this at churchill downs at the same scale Mm -hmm. and it's changing betting behavior you know, doubling the betting behavior um, that the that like these like day um, customers are used to be doing. Well, you have a you have a cross social media platform mentality. Obviously, I'm curious as it relates to the gambling consumer. Are you seeing certain platforms performing better than others? I mean, you know, like Twitter's the the one betting platform that it, it you know for the actual. Um, Mm-hmm. You know the the you know the twenty you know the really engaged betting better. Yeah, that would be it. Twitter is the one because it's a live you know short sharp snippets. It's yep. all about in play and and capturing moments. Um, you know your Instagrams is emerging, but it's more probably a, a an engagement play where it's mm-hmm. a lot more uh, original content um, rather than hardcore betting information. Mm-hmm. I think you'll start to see others emerge in the next in the next few years like um there'll be specific probably social media channels that are purely for gambling or there's a section for gambling um what about youtube i would imagine youtube's got um a lot of potential in this space yeah definitely youtube i don't don't think youtube and even something like twitch at the moment they don't you know they don't um twitch 
you know, are not big on gambling, but it's just a, it's, it's a matter of time. It's a live platform. I think YouTube and Twitch are the ones that will emerge as probably, you know, the, the biggest, um, just because, you know, that it's video, it's, you know, it's going to be live, you know, there's going to be a lot more live content. Uh, at the moment, what we're seeing is there's a lot of pre packaged, you know, almost hot take prior to the event. Yeah. I think that's going to start to shift and as live streaming and, you know, live content becomes bigger and bigger. Um, I think we'll start to see a lot more in play, um, content around gambling. Perfect segue. Cause I wanted to go there. I've been talking to some of the, um, technology giants in the industry and it's very clear that gambling is at the forefront of some of the innovation because if you think about watching um a live sport right you, you become acclimated to the u.s and you realize it's nfl is the number one and there's everything else is a distant second but if you look if you watch an nba game nfl game right now the gambling experience is a second platform to your point you're doing it on twitter you're doing it on another complementary piece there's no you know but if you look at like what ESPN's done for the college football championship or Monday night football with, you know, uh, Eli and Peyton, right on their mega cast, it's just a matter of time before you're able to watch a feed that has full live game on screen betting capabilities, right? Tons of legal, tons of logistics, but what are you hearing and what are you seeing from the betting operators who you work with on a daily basis in terms of, where are we in terms of live sports consumption and that integration of real-time betting? Yeah, the, I mean, the one big issue is the latency between the game footage and the actual, um, hmm. you know, the odds. Okay. That's, uh, that, that has been an issue the last cu- the first couple of years. And ju- um, just I to clarify so, so people know that there is a delay. If you're watching a live game, there's a slight delay from the actual – what's happening on the field and what you're seeing in your living room that and right that's what you're talking about the latency exactly okay and then there's and then you overlap that onto and there's the then there's the odds feed so the, yep. they're all seated out of whack okay um which makes it a little tricky to do a live broadcast because you know the the odds uh obviously the odds are the most up to date because the you know they have right. to be so if you're watching you know you want to try and correlate what you're broadcasting um, yep. versus, versus what the odds are do, doing. So that's that's an issue. Um, but, you know, they're going to get to the bottom of it, and I think they're starting to improve it already. So I wouldn't – I would say that, you know, within a year, we're going to start to see more live in-play broadcasts across, um, across TV and mm-hmm. digital, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's an amazing – like we didn't have um, – in Australia, we can't do in-play bets. Um, we can do them. We can only do them over the phone. So it's not on your app. So which it makes, which is, you know, we're sort of in Australia, it's 10% of betting handle would be in play. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the States, you're going to see probably upwards of 80% of all bets will be in play in the next few years. So it's, it's a huge market. And, you know, if that's a huge market, it's just going to be a, a huge content play. Um, it's going to be, you know, like I can see, in the next few years being a, you know, it's almost like a, um, you know, 24 seven show that has integrated horse racing and sport live content. Um, and having a 24 hour host, you yeah. know, go back oh, yeah. and forth around different games. Yeah, absolutely. It's coming. And I think you guys are set up perfectly for it. Um, 
so I, I, you know, it's interesting. Last week we had kind of a part one on the gambling content, which was uh, our friend, mutual friend Teresa Fiore, who's awesome, right? Talking about the the brass tacks of the ten percent of population that's at risk, and I mean, I think what you're just describing, you know, on one hand, excites many people and scares the crap out of many people, right? You can see just like the the, the this notion of um, unbelievable revenue opportunities for rights holders and media folks, right? To, to be getting uh, a revenue share on each transaction in a game and all of that stuff. I mean, the numbers are going are, are mind boggling and already being put into future P and L statements. And the other side is like, you know, uh, and, and Teresa, you dug in on this and she's like, look, at the end of the day, it's a maximum of 10% of the population, which is a huge number that's at risk. Right. But yep. this notion that everyone's going to be coming addict is a little over. But it's there's an interesting um, push and pull on that line because if if you're able to bet on every down in a football game, you could just see people getting into that um, in a way that is a little scary. Um, and and I'm curious what you're hearing in terms of if anything in terms of kind of the operators, the the media companies, and kind of the regulators around that kind of conversation. Because you said you didn't have in-play in Australia, and you guys were way ahead of the game. So do you think in-play, because of those reasons, is a lot further down the road, or do you think it's sooner rather than later? No, I mean, in-play is here to stay. Uh, in Australia, we, you know, they put that measure that you have to call up in-play because of the, the concerns with problem gambling. Um, but I just don't think it's it's going to hit here. I think it's already here to stay. And, um, you know, I think, you know, like it's a bit of the Wild West here at the moment just yeah. because everything's so new. So it's very grey. Um, you know, what you're going to see in the next, you know, you know, next two years. But, you know, you're going to start to see restrictions. Leagues are going to start to say, well, you know, because at the moment, you're, you know, in these legal states, every second ad is a, a gambling ad. So... I think you're going to start to see uh, advertising restrictions in the next few years, mm -hmm. but you're going to, you know, every operator needs to have have a department um, and and plenty of campaigns around, you know, ensuring that they're, you know, they're compliant. They've got, you know, problem gambling um, campaigns in place. Mm -hmm. At the moment, there's only a couple that are sort of doing it, but I think. You'll be the you'll be the operator, the odd man out in the next few years if you don't have all that in place. Yeah. Uh, it'll just be the norm, and it's important. Um, yeah, you and I talked said, about you, that. I mean, it's stunning yeah. that the college conferences are and institutions are not there yet. The fact that individual like that Caesars did a deal with LSU as the official sports book of a college, and like uh, you know Maryland and you know Colorado, and that these that the conferences. It's Wild West because the, the individual schools, right, control their own rights in college, the conference as it relates to sponsorship. And, and so there's no real jurisdiction. But yet, you know, that it, it's it's remarkable that I, I can't believe it. And we work in the college space. You know, I've talked to some of the executives in this that um, they're just so overwhelmed right now between NIL and everything else. That But the fact that they're not doing – these entities have not done gambling education pieces, especially in the college product where they're already – collecting money is, is mind boggling to me. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, I mean, it's just a, at the moment, everyone's trying to, um, you know, get, get a, take a stance and, you know, they're learning on the, on the fly. So, I mean, that's sort of one of the reasons why, um, the BOC boys, we came over is to, 
um, use our experience to, you know, help a lot of these operators through some of these difficult, you know, situations where, and, and also leagues um, where they're, you know, they've got to put things in place um, to ensure that they're compliant because, it, there's a lot of money to be thrown around, but um, all of a sudden you can you can definitely get into a tricky situation if you don't have the right you know processes in place. Well, it's interesting. You know, I think uh, having been in Australia, you touched on this, which is a really important point. I want to go big picture now for a second. Where, where you Australia had a huge head start on the U.S. as you eloquently defined, right? You lived it over there relative to legalized sports gambling and the culture and everything that you talked about in the beginning of this podcast. Uh, but yet there are quite a few challenging hiccups that you experienced over there as as the market matured ahead of the U.S. Um, it's it's got to be kind of funny sitting here probably watching many of the same mistakes, many of the same hiccups, many of the same things, ready, fire, aim going on. I'm, I'm curious about what you're seeing in the United States in terms of what mistakes they're replicating and things that you might see coming problems and issues coming down the pike that you saw in Australia that folks here may not because it's so new. Yeah, I think they're going to, um, at the moment, I think, you know, and I think the operators are starting to see that, you know, a lot of, at the moment they've, they've basically built their app pretty quickly. It's a lot of, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of just getting the platform up and running. You know, what's going to, what's going to win in this space is content and product. Um, so I think, you know, it's important. It should be the focus, pure focus for, for operators now once they get, you know, get their platform up and running is to innovate in content. Um, and that's not just with, you know, um, you know, retail ads where they're trying to, you know, mm-hmm. sell, get a sign up and sell mm-hmm. a bet, but it's around original content. You know, that's mm-hmm. the long-term play is origin is, is producing content and building brand love. Like mm-hmm. you, you can only go so far by winning over a customer with a promo because the problem is you've got to keep that up. For 12 months a year which is not sustainable and the other one's product like they they need to you know that and i think they will they'll need they need to start innovating um just like we've got the in-platform videos that are videos of the point of consumption they need to start building out products that are innovative in the space rather than at the moment everyone's got the same products and everyone's doing the same ads um yep. and the same content like it, it needs to evolve. And what's going to happen in the next few years is we're going to have the leagues will start to enforce, um, you know, advertising restrictions. So all of a sudden, like in Australia, you know, it probably came five years ago where they, you can't advertise in, in, in a live game during a live game. Yep. So, you know, prime time from six o'clock until 10 30, mm-hmm. you cannot advertise within that space. So how do we, you know, how do we think outside the square and go, how can we, um, you know, build out original content and then retarget through digital? You know, there's heaps of different ways that they're going to have to learn that, um, you know, it's not just going to be the stock standard way to, to, to get a sign up. Well, I, th- I also think, you know, look, uh, the entire reason, this is the 101st episode of this podcast. And the entire reason I started it is because my thesis of the marketplace going to ultra niche media. And what I'm seeing is um, a general approach to gambling sports content that's kind of broad, right? Um, I think your example of Twin Spires is a really good one, right? It's In essence, you've created a modern-day network around horse racing with those four buckets that you talked about, right? And, and that's where it's going. Like, 
I see a future. It's it's not even like uh, a college sports gambling network. It's going to be like Big Ten gambling network, right? Like people who have intimate knowledge of a sport, and then others on the outer ring. Like if you're if you only bet in college football, there's a there's a place for a, a trusted authority to be such a true insider on that sport, right? Um, that 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 can really help. I mean, I, I've had this conversation with the Big Ten Conference, the Big Ten Network in the past, not about gambling, about, look, I, I love the Big Ten Network. They're a client, they're awesome people. Um, I'm a Northwestern fan. There's 14 schools. The, the fundamental challenge of, of a network like that is that even me, who's a diehard about the Big Ten, I only care about 1/14th of the content. I care about my team, maybe one seventh. My team and the opponent, the next opponent, right? That's all I care yeah. about. Um, and so, you know, I remember 10 years ago talking to Mark Silverman at Fox, who's now the president of Fox Sports, about this being like, dude, you, you should have the Northwestern Network, the Michigan Network, like having be 24/7 digital networks, right? In terms of that, and I, I, I kind of see that's where it could go for gambling because right now these gambling operators it's like every piece of content seems to be um you know not necessarily sports specific because they're if you're a points bet or bet 365 you're using one social feed and it's like hey here's golf scores here's this so i'm really curious about what that thesis and if you see it going down that way of like super niche um not to say that you know any gambling operator could have 40 different mini networks are dedicated to what you were talking about, like your twin spires approach. Is that where you see things ultimately going? Or do you think people will be more trusting of an overall brand and want to bet across many sports? No, like I definitely agree with you. Like it, it's, um, I mean, you can get niche with the sport, but you could, you, like you said, you could, you know, where I see the most potential right now is localizing um, your efforts, your advertising efforts. So, um, you know, building out, if you're in Iowa, building out a, um, a content plan around, uh, you know, an advertising and marketing plan within Iowa, getting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting influences in that area that, mm-hmm. that, that they're recognizable faces and really tar- producing targeted localized campaigns rather than more, like you said, more broad right. Right. Uh, national plays right. like it. Because you know, like that's that's the thing. You only care about your certain team. So I think there's not enough emphasis being put in, um, you know, in content and marketing for operators just within specific states. Like really building out a content plan that really tailors to a a um, a segment w- within that area. Awesome. Well, I mean, Zach, we've got executives i know for a fact at espn and nbc and fox who listen to this we've got executives at college conferences and leagues and teams that listen to this podcast what's the best way for folks who are hearing this that want to connect with you what's the best way for them to connect well we've got obviously the boc.agency um website um and i'm obviously zach at boc.agency and um yeah i just want to help you know, we're going to continue to help operators and also leagues and sporting entities um, through this process the next five to ten years. It's super exciting, and hopefully we can do a lot more together too, Jay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I have one personal question for you. What's on the what's on the nightstand? You reading anything for fun? I'm actually um, – I've somehow I've, um, I've been conned into doing a triathlon 
in June. So wow. I've been actually reading a lot of bike uh, magazines okay. at the moment. So just trying to, you know, during the winter months, trying to uh, get enthused so I can get out there and, and start training. So I've already um, been doing a lot of indoor swimming and uh, some outdoor running, but yeah, still a long way to go. Awesome. Well, uh, Zach Reynolds, BOC agency founder, CEO, can't thank you enough for, for going deep here. Um, really appreciate your time. Thanks, Jay. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Thanks for listening to Brand Story Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.